I V M. Welcome to All Things Policy, a podcast on everything from employment to aircraft carriers. We are a bunch of policy nerds based in Number Bengaluru, and we like bringing fresh perspectives to Indian affairs and Indian perspectives to global affairs. Hello and welcome to another episode of All Things Policy. So on this Monday, we decided to talk about India's neighborhood and one particular country in the neighborhood, Sri Lanka, which is seemingly caught between a mix of domestic politics and strategic competition between China and the United States and potentially even India. And all of this revolves around a couple of military cooperation agreements that are signed between uh, the Sri Lankan government and the Americans. So these are sort of quite. Uh, nicely known as SOFA, ACSA, and so on and so forth, and we'll get into why these are uncomfortable for the Sri Lankans right now. Um, so to discuss all of this with me, I have uh, Aditya and Pranav. Um, so Pranav, I'm going to start with you, uh, and Aditya, just jump in whenever you feel like it. What exactly is the status of forces agreement, and what does it do? There's lots of talk about there being an American base potentially in Sri Lanka, but just let's first understand what exactly is the SOFA, a status of forces agreement. The status of forces agreement is. Uh an agreement where you are allowing the United States soldiers to come into your country and have diplomatic immunity. Uh, you are going to provide them essential services. You are going to allow them freedom of movement. And they have all the kinds of immunities that a diplomat has in the U.S. Embassy. That is the SOFA. Whereas the Acquisition and Cross Services Agreement is an agreement where you are going to provide logistical support to the soldiers uh, or Navy officers, whoever comes to your ports and who enters your country, you're going to provide logistical support, food, fuel, and anything else that they require. Uh, these are the two agreements. About the base, there's, there's no base. They're going to come into a base, but they're not going to build a base, obviously. So uh, the cries about the base is just, they're false. There is not going to be any base. And this has been continuously said even by the U.S. ambassador uh, to Sri Lanka that there is no U.S. base. So these these status of forces agreements, if I could interrupt, um, there's not just one template, right? The U.S. has about 100 plus of these. Uh, there were different, different countries, a lot of them with NATO allies, uh, with Afghanistan, with Iraq. Um, and they might also be time bound. So I was reading that uh, there was a point of time where the U.S. had a single status of forces agreement with Bangladesh for a single exercise. So it was only valid for that particular exercise. It was a one-page document. And it essentially is about logistical support, jurisdiction, like you mentioned, you know, who gets immunity, and also things like what the U.S. forces are allowed to wear their own uniforms. And Aditya, could you talk to us about that? Yeah, for instance, the United States has the Logistics Exchange Memorandum of Agreement with India, what we just call LEMOA. Uh, LEMOA is very similar to AXA in Sri Lanka in that it's basically a, a logistics agreement. It allows, for instance, U.S. vessels to... Uh, dock at Indian ports, refuel, resupply, as well as being resupplied at sea. Uh, and technically that works both ways. Indian vessels should can also be resupplied by American vessels. Uh, similarly, American planes can be refueled at Indian bases, but none of this, absolutely none of this means that any sort of base is ever being contemplated. Uh, a base would require completely different types of agreements. It would probably require laws hmm. in the country that's hosting such a base. The other thing that these agreements allow is, of course, for personnel to come on shore to, as you said, uh, uh, have some degree of legal immunity and uh, to be able to have some freedom of movement. Uh, 
but that's the scope of these agreements yeah so this is basically to facilitate better interoperability greater uh, sort of facilitate training uh, bilateral drills and those sorts of things uh, between the forces of these two countries exactly um also what i find a little bit uh, strange about this particular conversation that's happened in the last few months in sri lanka is that uh, the us and sri lanka have a status of forces agreement which was signed in 1995 and this acsa that you spoke about ranav this also they signed in 2007 and it was renewed uh, in 2017 so it's strange to see that there is a controversy right now about these right yeah the controversy mainly sparks from the fact that between 2007 and 2017 a lot of things had happened happened with china uh, so when you had uh, rajpaksha the the then president he got very close to china in fact uh, there were allegations that uh, the chinese actually uh, funded his ele- election campaign and provided funds and the allegations of corruption with the hambantota port and so on and rajpaksha was clearly more favorable favorable to go closer to china but at the same time you also have the current prime minister who is from the united national party who is favorable more towards the united states hmm. so they are largely going against uh, what the the rajpaksha government did because uh, they accused him of nepotism such as in 2007 his brother was a minister of defense under whose leadership uh, this agreement was signed and they are not comfortable with this and they have raised many issues such as we don't want soldiers in uniform walking in our bases particularly i think uh, what happened in japan in japan you have many cases where soldiers misbehave and they get into sort of trouble and sri lankans have raised similar concerns yeah the concerns are essentially about the fact that these soldiers would then be uh, the the jurisdiction where they sort of get uh, questioned and they get tried would be america under american law as opposed to under sri lankan law um, but under so far agreements you can also have the provision where you can have joint jurisdiction over some of these so that's probably the kind of negotiation that's going on right now yes so there are two things that you said which we can unpack going forward the first is that there is a domestic sri lankan dynamic to all of this right so there is the president uh, sirisena at one side who uh, recently said that he would just not let this happen because this is tantamount to violating sri lankan sovereignty um and then there is uh, the prime minister vikramasinghe who's saying that look i will do nothing to violate sri lankan sovereignty and this is something that's been there in the past and we need this in the future could you talk to us a little bit about this domestic dynamic that's playing out because there's an election that's coming up in the next few months uh, down the road um and is this something that we are seeing as a domestic electoral thing that's playing out with the us being this nice stick to beat up with or there's a deeper level anxiety there exists certainly there is a lot of election dynamics here they are doing this for the electoral role of it and in fact the sunday times of sri lanka actually covered this extensively and they unpacked this they said how how sri lanka got trapped in these agreements and they essentially say look these agreements were signed without knowing the full consequences of it at the same time there was some nepotism as well and uh, they've interviewed uh, the chief of defense staff uh, who also said that we would like an agreement but we also have certain concerns and we want to clear these concerns uh, so there is non electoral dynamic to this where there is genuine concern hmm. but the, at the same time it's also getting a bit comical uh, in the parliament for example when they're debating these issues they talk uh, in a very silly manner like uh, some of them say 
the the ACSA is a seven page document, but the first document that we saw was about seventy pages, and there are all these nitty gritty controversies that are coming up, which essentially become comical at the end of the day. So it is a way in in a way to have a part in what's going to happen in elections. Yeah, this is a lot to do with how the domestic election plays out, and that's one of the things. But at a sort of broader strategic level, which is the Chinese and the Americans. Um, I presume the Chinese uh, would be watching this very closely, um, although I don't presume that they'll be terribly worried because they have their own sort of concerns. Um, but from an Indian point of view, if this was China negoti- negotiating such an agreement with Sri Lanka, Aditya, would we be reacting very differently to how we are right now? Absolutely, we would. Uh, the difference in India's reaction to the U.S. and the China and China is very simple. It's it's because of the nature of the li- relationship between the two countries. Uh, using AXA or SOFA would basically give America sea legs. It allows the American naval vessels to restock, resupply, refuel, and move further in the Indian Ocean. Uh, India is actually fine with that at the moment. Uh, we are happy with uh, the U.S. increasing its presence in the Indian Ocean uh, to counter China. Hmm. Uh, I don't know what that's going to look like 50 years from now when India would presumably like to be the preeminent power in the region. Uh, but at the moment, I think we're just fine with it. So uh, we're taking, we're accepting this at a tactical level, but there is sort of some degree of strategic level concern that, you know, going down the road once India is rising uh, at a different level in a different league. Um, the role of the U.S. would be viewed with far more suspicion than it is today. Or even today, there is suspicion, but today there's little that we can do about it. And it probably even helps us to have, uh, you know, U.S. military personnel there. Yeah, I think the concern about the U.S. is more abstract at the moment, whereas concerns about China are more concrete and more immediate. Here's the puzzle for me. I understand why the U.S. wants uh, these agreements with Sri Lanka. But what does Sri Lanka get out of these agreements? Yeah. I'm, to me, I think it's mainly about uh, generally improving relations with the U.S. Uh, and maybe getting access to American arms. Yeah. Uh, not being subject so easily to embargoes and so on as they have been in the past. Yeah. Uh, because I don't see what else Sri Lanka gets out of it. Yeah, this is an interesting time to sort of leverage your position, right? Yeah, because um, as I mentioned before, uh, the chief of defense staff said, no matter what our concerns, we must also acknowledge the fact that if we sign these agreements, we are going to improve our relations with the Americans. We are going to have greater access to the American economy. We are also going to get weapons because in 2007, they faced an arms embargo. So they were not able to obtain their C-130 Hercules planes. They were even subject to restrictions on buying uh, Israeli fighter jets. Uh, these problems were only cleared after the Rajpaksha government signed the ACSA. Um, the Americans were much more cool with it. They were ready to uh, lift this embargo because at this time, Sri Lanka had these jets, but yeah. they did not have any spare parts because they had this embargo and they could not operate at all. Hmm. And I think the army does not want to face such a situation again because they know that the Americans have a little more leverage in cutting off supply and so on. Okay. So just this, this is quite a fascinating point, actually, because it tells you that as a small state, while people would see you, uh, you know, when we often talk about some of these uh, smaller states uh, in the Indian Ocean region, often the conversation is about, oh, this is India's backyard and China is, you know, and this is where the great powers are sort of trying to play these games and smaller states are sort of like pawns. And often in that conversation, what we end up missing out is the fact that these are 
sovereign states that have their own agency and that have their own sense of foreign policy and they use strategies like hedging, balancing in order to optimize their own strategic space. So in that context, given the fact that there is so much concern with regard to um, the Chinese in the Indian Ocean region and therefore we've had this Indo-Pacific framework, uh, this is a great time for a state like Sri Lanka to hedge and to increase its sort of, uh, you know, firstly, uh, expand its trade and expand its interactions with other powers and also gain more concessions from them, uh, whether it's in terms, of, in terms of technology, in terms of expertise, in terms of arms, in terms of skills, in terms of investment. And this seems to be like a part of that, right? And in, uh, in doing so, if you have to have an agreement which sort of tells you that you're going to be uh, laying down a certain kind of set of rules for interoperability and for greater skill transfer, not a bad idea. Absolutely. I, I think it's both boom time and a time of anxiety for a lot of uh, countries around India. Uh, Bangladesh, Sri Lanka, the Maldives, uh, they're playing both sides and uh, extracting what they can. Uh, so that's that's where the advantage comes in. I think the anxiety comes in from the fact that they don't want to be the meat in a great bar sandwich. And uh, the fact that this wooing by other countries, while it's great at, at one level, has also has the potential to corrupt institutions, corrupt politicians. Yeah. Uh, send a lot of bribes all around. Yeah. So I think there's both an anxiety as well as a sense, sense of great opportunity. Yeah. Any foreign agreement always raises concerns about rent-seeking hmm. and options about corruption, about how they're going to use your land, your local laws. It's always going to raise concerns. Uh, but more broadly, I think uh, India must look at what its neighbors would want and we must also look at what kind of influence do we have on our neighbors to convince them otherwise? Uh, now, obviously, India is currently not in a great position to say, don't buy Chinese equipment, uh, do not get into uh, Chinese trade deals, do not let them take your territory. We don't have that power yet. Uh, but we have to look at this more carefully. And I think at this point of time, a U.S. presence would be better because we already have so many of these agreements. We have the uh, LEMOA, we also have the... Uh, communication, compatibility, and security agreement, which all brings it up to interoperability. We want to have more exercises in this region. We want to gain knowledge about how Americans operate, uh, the technologies they use. Yeah. So at this point of time, an American presence is always welcomed. Yeah. But we would also have to look at what's going to happen in the far future. Will America even be a great power yeah. that time and so on? Yeah, uh, India is not in a position to complain about America being in the Indian Ocean when India has itself failed to step up to the task. So it's your second best option. Yeah. Okay, and that sounds great. So we, I'm just going to sort of wrap up with a little bit of uh, recapturing of what we've just spoken about. Um, so if you're watching the news and you're seeing all this conflagration in Sri Lanka about these two agreements, think of it from the point of view of domestic politics. Uh, don't be swayed by the arguments of basis so early. Um, but the broader question is whether it uh, impacts India's interest and how it doesn't. We've had a conversation on that where we've tried to understand that some of this does, yes, in a sort of long-term sense, but in the short term, it's not necessarily terrible for us. Um, but also, most importantly in all of this is look at the smaller states in the Indian Ocean as uh, states with sovereign entities with their own agency and also try and see how some of these deals that they are cutting is about uh, enhancing their own strategic autonomy, something that uh, we in India sort of quite pick prickly about ourselves. All right. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. We'd love to hear what you think about this chat. Check us out at our Twitter handle at Takshashila Inst on our Quora space, All Things Policy. 
For the latest analysis and research on technology, strategy, and economic affairs, visit our website at takshashila.org.in and tune in for our next episode.